Good evening. Today is uh, Monday, April 17th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's step is step eight, and our speaker tonight is Janet Z. Thank you, Janet, and I'll turn it over to you. Hello, thank you so much, Jim. Hi, I'm Janet Z. I'm a compulsive overeater and a hundred pounder from Los Angeles. And um, I'm a compulsive overeater and I am a very grateful um, member. And um, so I'm just gonna start with the set aside prayer or a version of it, asking God to help me set aside everything I think I know about um myself my brokenness my 12-step path and my and my uh, what i know about god um so that i may have a new be open for a new experience of myself my brokenness my 12-step path and especially you god so um let's see i haven't been i think i've been to one of these meetings but i don't think it was a monday night um and i'll i'll start off with um i just want to share my journey let's see if i can do this so this was one of my before pictures and last summer a friend sent me this one and I had never seen this picture before, and I have no idea what I weigh in this picture. And I'm gonna stop sharing. So um, I definitely know how to use food to um, comfort and distract and numb myself. And um, I'm down 100, over 135 pounds. Um, and I have two years, five months, and 27 days of abst current abstinence. Um, and my story is, um, you know, they talk about some coming in sick, sicker than, hi, Tanya, thanks for the heart. Um, and Marla for the, um, it's really great to be amongst my friends and Mia and all, all of you that I've seen and the various meetings that we travel around in. Um, I just want to say that um, my life has been transformed um, in ways um, unimagined. And when I got to I got to the program at age 23. I stayed for about 13 years, 14 years. And then I could not get and stay abstinent. And I spent four years struggling to gain a specific food plan abstinence. And my thinking became extremely narrowed on this food plan that was gonna fix my life. And I decided to take a step back and I, I wanted to rethink this whole disease thing. And um, 20 years later, and at that top weight in that yellow shirt, um, 
I had not found another solution. And um, I had not worked in five years. I was very depressed. Um, and um, while I was out there, I had had surgery, which is an outside issue. OA doesn't have an opinion on it. It's just part of my story. Um, it did not fix what was wrong with me. And it took me nine years after that to have a moment of clarity and get back to these rooms, which was miraculous. I had become so fearful. I couldn't leave the house without either one of my girlfriends coming to get me or my husband um, taking me. And I'm a fiercely independent person. And that's what my best thinking had had done for me. You know, um, we're talking about step eight tonight. And um, when I um, got back to the rooms in um, uh, December 1st of 2014, um, I had the miracle of the obsession being removed and I abstained for like six years. And, um, and then I never crossed my bottom line on my food, but I still managed to gain a significant amount of weight which was a line in the sand that I needed to draw. And that's where I started over October 19th of 2020 so that I don't have to sit in the rooms and, and be playing mental gymnastics with myself. And um, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. But um, I immediately set about doing the steps over again. And the eighth step, was, you know, like my first eighth step was so defensive and so all about what they did. And I only did this because they did that, you know, and it talks in the big book about. Um, That's the first five minutes, Janet. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, that is the um, thing they talk about, you know, that the list is ours. You know, this is about us. This is um, a naked self-appraisal about my own behavior. And it took a lot of years before that became, it was productive each time I worked the steps. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's just that where I started out as self-honesty and where that is today is a whole different ball game. And it's progressive, you know, and because our, our disease is, you know, um, progressive and fatal. Um, our recovery has to be progressive. And what I did when I when I restarted my abstinence and went through the steps again, starting in October of 2020, was I had an eighth step list of amends that I had not made that had been on at least two. Um, the result of at least two uh, four-step inventories. And one of them, you know, um, was this amends that I needed to make to somebody that had reparations, financial reparations. And I had justified 
this particular amends, I guess I'm going to tell you about this particular amends, um, was that I owed this, this person money. And um, I later included it in a bankruptcy that um, I wound up in um, at, at the end of a marriage. And I just, you know, well, you know, she got the bankruptcy discharge. She took it off for taxes. She got her money back. Was was pretty much as far as I could get with it. And the truth is, is that I owed this person this money. And the way it showed up was I would dream about her. And I would dream that we had a reconciled friendship. And I would wake up aggravated. And so I went to my sponsor and said, I have to clean this up. This in particular needs to be cleaned up. And so I made a plan, a financial plan, and a date for when I was going to send this money to this woman. I had to do a lot of research to find out where she was. And um, I could not find a working telephone number for her, but I did find an address. And I learned that she had um, married. She had married and um, she looked like she was having a really wonderful time from her, from her Facebook. I finally got her last name and, and um, was able to look up her address and my heart softened. And I asked God to soften my heart because I really didn't want to give this, you know, um, four, four figure, four zero uh, figure amount of money. Um, I didn't believe that I could do it without, without causing havoc in my life. And you know what? God went before me and made smooth the path. And what happened for me was that I sat down and I wrote her a very heartfelt amends and um, put in a little note saying that I see that you've remarried and I hope, and I wish nothing but health and happiness for you and your new love and, you know, take care. And I affixed the check to the front of the uh, card. So that when she opened the envelope, she'd see the check in case she was tempted to tear it up. And I didn't hear a word. And I kid you not, a week later, I had a $3,000 windfall hit me. And the check I'd written was for a thousand dollars. So if you're hesitating on sending money to somebody you owe, um, I can't guarantee you that you'll get three times the amount back, but uh, the peace of mind that I got from making that amends was very pointed. And so I had some other things on my list that I was dragging my feet on and I, and I, you know, I started, you know, stepping up the pace on people I couldn't find and uh, looking for them. Um, it talks about in the um, in the big book about how what we're doing is we're um, we're we're being given an opportunity to um, ten minutes demonstrate. 
was that 10 minutes? Oh, thank you. To demonstrate um, our spiritual growth, to demonstrate the, the faith, you know, that um, has come into my life. And it's not just about me. It's, it's her opinion of 12-step people were based on the fact that I never paid her this money back. And um, about, I don't know, that was March of last year. And sometime toward the end of the summer, I got a message from a messenger saying that somebody was trying to send me a message. And so I looked and the person trying to send me a message, I didn't know. But the woman I had paid back had sent me a message back in March when she got the check saying, Thank you very much. You've restored my faith. And I and I wish nothing but the best for you too. And there it was. And I didn't expect it. And it did arrive. So I think that for me, um, it says that we're trying to be the maximum amount of service to those around us. And to um, to be the embodiment of the principles that we're talking about here, you know, um, when they say clean house, trust God, and work with others, um, that's really simple to say. But there's a lot of effort that goes into like for me to face myself and to stop minimizing the damage I did. I'm also a sober person and I did a lot of driving. I don't know if I did a lot, but I can remember several occasions where I didn't know how I got home. I did not know how I got my car home and I had to go out there and look and see if it was there. And um, luckily there was never any damage uh, uh, and that sort of tells me, um, I, I mean, when I was in the food and other substances, um, I was pretty obnoxious. I was pretty obnoxious and um, a big attention seeker and trying to fill that hole in my gut that um, nothing but God will fill. and. So there are probably people I owe amends to that I don't even know because I don't know I don't know what my behavior was like, and that's a terrifying feeling. Um, and yet today I have peace. I have peace in my heart. I have peace of mind, knowing that if I am made aware of some harm I've done, I am willing to do what I have to do to make it right. And that is, you know, that's like having a secret weapon, you know, like um, instead of being really defensive and don't want to hear anything about, you know, anything that might I might construe as negative, I find that I'm much more open to seeing my part in things. And one of the biggest lessons I learned, I had this big aha moment about step eight. And that is, if it's everybody else's fault, 
if they did it to me and there was this unrelenting, you know, um, series of misfortunate um, experiences that had nothing to do with me as the common denominator, then I'm a victim. And the day that I understood this step was when I understood if I have a part, then there's hope. There's hope for me. If I have a part, that's what sets me free. I'm not just a victim with a, with an invisible kick me sign. I definitely am displaying behavior um, that, you know, um, I made a decision based on self that later put me in a position to be hurt. And when I came to the program, um, initially I was 23 and I'm 66 now. And um, I was just this nice, nice, nice person who was so manipulative. And I never faced anything head on. And God showed me that. Um, I, I saw in my fourth step and in my resentments toward um, you know, my family, um, that I was taught from the master of it, you know, you never hit head on. You always make them think it's their idea. They'll offer it to you if you ask, if you talk about it in a roundabout way. And um, if they, if you were in my life at that point, you either knew somebody I wanted to know, had something I wanted to have, or went somewhere I wanted to go. I had no center. I was empty inside. And today I have, my phone went dark. Okay, so today I have a wonderful life. I've worked for the San Fernando Valley Intergroup. It'll be um, nine years next month. Um, I have a wonderful, healthy, um, loving marriage, which I despaired I'd ever have. We've been married 17 years now. It just keeps getting better. And um, the steps are what set me free. And I'm not sure what else I can say about eight, except for do it. Where if you're stuck, um, if you're stuck in five or six, well, you're not at eight. You know, it's, you know, it's like saying, you know, I'm not hungry for dinner at six in the morning. Well, no, you're not hungry for dinner at six in the morning. Um, and, um, but when you get there, when you get to dinner, you're probably ready for that food you said you were going to eat. So um, I really encourage anybody who's stuck on a step to, um, to double down, double down. And that's what I did. And it really set me free. And I'm so grateful to um, Overeaters Anonymous and this concept of God that I got to choose for myself. Um, three minutes left, Janet. Okay, thank you. That I got to choose for myself a concept that worked for me that didn't have to do with um, organized um, communities around it. Um, I could look inside and see what I found, that I could. Um, I could um, har har harvest this relationship. I could cultivate this space inside of me where I invite um, the divine to guide me. And 
I don't know what God is. I don't understand it, but I know that my life just gets better and better the more I rely on it. And the more that I seek, um, the more that I seek honesty and um, the spiritual life, the more fuller my heart is and the relationships I have today with my friends and my family are, you know, 180 degree turnaround for me. So I just want to thank um, uh, Heidi for asking me, she had to work late, so she's not here tonight to come and talk. And um, everything I've said is my own experience, strength and hope. So if you don't relate, there's another meeting probably in another hour somewhere on Zoom. So um, uh, just keep searching and you will find, you will hear something that tells your story. And that's it, with that I pass. Thank you, Janet. Thank you, thank you for that powerful, honest share. We really appreciate it. Thanks for making the time to join our meeting. And we will now open the meeting for questions and for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. Again, that was step eight. We ask that you accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or press star nine if you're on the phone. The Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. For the timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time's up. The speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay, would anyone like to share? All right, Mia, go ahead. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Janet. That was um, awesome. You have such a presence about you. So um, like in command and so um, kind and loving and hopeful. And I really, really appreciated your share. Um, I'm actually on step six, just having finished on my fourth and fifth and um, and you know, because I've done the steps before and I've been in the program for a long time. Um, you know, I've done my amends, you know, a few times and, and I feel like, you know, most of them have been done and taken care of. Um, but um, there is a big one that I have been unwilling to make, like like a big one, because I'm scared to effing death about it. And uh, you know, I talked to my sponsor about it a little bit when I was doing my fifth step, step and she was just like, I think this is, you know, something you need to do, you know, and, uh, and I'm just like, yeah, but I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm scared because it could, it could ruin um, a relationship, you know, um, and of course, you know, so I just, I really appreciated your, um, your honesty and you know, and your faith in just doing what needed to be done and taking that leap. Um, because, you know, 
I know it can be scary. And uh, so, you know, it's interesting because I, I think in the past, you know, when I've done this, I've kind of, you know, manipulated my sponsors into going, yeah, it's okay. You've made a living amends. It's all good, you know, but, but every single time I go through the steps, it's this thing that's just always looming and hanging over my head and it's always there. And, um, and I'm wondering if that's why I keep relapsing, you know, um, why I just can't maintain any kind of real long, hopeful, clean recovery um, and abstinence. So, so thank you so much. You, you, you said exactly what I needed to hear. And I really am grateful for your share and for your presence and um, for your service. And thank you everybody else for being here. Thank you for your service. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Mia. Angela, you're up next. Hey, everyone. I am Angela, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, this is, uh, you know, thank you, everybody who's doing service tonight. Um, thank you so much, Janet. Uh, I've never heard you speak before, but um, and it was uh, really moving. And I hear uh, the gratitude in your voice. I hear the, um, you know, the fact that this is not a one and done, right? That, um, you know, I feel like I just keep, you know, going around that spiral ascending, you know, and uh, seeing things from slightly different perspectives in this, in this meeting or this uh, program in particular. Um, I came in, uh, you know, I guess about 13 years ago in another program um, and just stalled completely, right? Because I was still using my food and uh, could only, I could not get past my sixth step. Um, I thought I was being honest and I clearly wasn't, um, you know, talking about the eighth step. Uh, yeah, pretty scary. Um and it's not possible without the previous seven, right? Not possible. Um, when I entered my fourth step, I remember, you know, still telling my sponsor, I did the best I could, you know, I was such a victim, you know, and like to hear someone say, which I heard you say also tonight, you know, like it's all true, right? Like I was wronged and things were terrible and, and, I played a part in it, right? And I said yes to it all, right? I at least said yes to my part, right? You know, if I didn't do any more harm, I, I showed up for it all, right? So, um, you know, but I, I love hearing that also, the, the piece also about the fact that this is a progressive disease and that if we're not moving forward intentionally, at least as fast as the disease, right? It's gonna catch up with us. And it's going to pull me back. So that that's the whole point of working these steps, you know, for me is to keep it moving forward. Um, you know, on a personal note, I'm, you know, I'm in the middle of, you know, my mom actively dying. And, uh, you know, I have days where I am just absolutely out of my mind. And I have days where I can reel it back in and, uh, and and understand, you know, my limitations. Thank God for my Al-Anon. Thank God for my Al-Anon. Um, and so I just keep I just keep doing the next right thing, 
right? So some things fall off and some things I can't do, but I just keep showing up because I need to at least keep it moving in the positive forward direction, right? So um, yeah, I, I love I loved your share tonight. Uh, the eighth step is the beginning of like really experiencing the promises, you know, the ninth step. And so for those who are afraid of doing it, um, proven workable method, right? If you follow follow these simple steps, you too, um, we all can um, recover from this dis-ease. Simple reminder. Thank you. Thanks, Angela. Um, so I don't see any hands. I'm going to hop in with a quick question. Hi, everyone. I'm Jim, and I'm a food addict. Um, uh, Janet, thanks so much for your share. I was really yeah moved moved by your stories and the way you told them. I um, victimhood and self pity are two defects. I'm actively. I am actively working on and also trying to let God actively work on, you know, trying to let them go. I'm just curious your experience um, with the opposite of those or like what's helped you, you loosen the grip on victimhood and self-pity and move into the words I use are like agency or empowerment or trust. Hi, Jim. Thanks for the question. Um, I did I did avail myself of outside help for trauma. And in the course of that treatment, I came back to OA and got abstinent. That was the missing piece of the part, a piece of the puzzle, because I'm a compulsive overeater. So once I got abstinent, I started to see that pattern and I was able, like I said, I went back through the steps. It was this moment when I was um, stranded in an airport um, because our plane had um, mechanical um, problems. And somebody had left a book in the old terminal and I picked it up, it was a brand new hardcover. And I picked it up and brought it to the terminal we moved to. And I'm going around trying to find the person whose book this is when I don't have a room booked and I'm not getting out of the town tonight. And I got a, caught a glimpse of the, um, the idea that I need to be a hero just to um, deserve my seat on the planet. And that that dynamic entered into almost every relationship. Like I was constantly inserting myself in situations in people's business that I was close to in ways that were inappropriate. And I was volunteering to be, um, you know, um, kicked back, you know, pushed back. Um, uh, and I just, I caught a glimpse and that's, and that, and I built on that. I, I asked God to show me more and um, yeah. And everything started to change when I started to change my perception about they done, they done her wrong, you know, and uh, they done me wrong song. So um, that's what led to now being in a position to quickly be able to call somebody and assess, okay, what I do here. 
because it sets me free. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, anyone like to share next or ask a question? Go ahead, Betty. Hi, I'm Betty S., a recovery compulsive reader from Florida. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Janet, for your wonderful share and everyone who's doing service, Jim, Yvonne, and everyone for being here. Um, I'm really grateful that you are. Thank you. You know, <clears throat> in step eight, um, the, the, and one of the paragraphs, the first paragraph about step eight in the book, it says, um, if we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Remember, it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any length for victory over food, alcohol. Isn't that the truth? <clears throat> this is going to any lengths, without a doubt. One of the many things we do to go to any lengths to recover from this disease. Um, I, I remember the, the last time I did uh, the steps recently, I was too scared not to do it because I knew, I knew this time around that unless I did it, nothing was gonna change. The food was gonna, I, I was still gonna be called to that food. I was, uh, could go right back into relapse without doing, without doing the amends. That's how important it is. Um, it is one of the reasons why we relapse. One of the re possible reasons why we go back into relapse is because if I carry uh, an amend around that I need to make or deny that I need to make it, that doesn't just disappear and go away. It stays and it stays and it stays and it can haunt me. Um, that's part of the freedom is doing the amend. Part of the freedom, of the, one of the promises in, uh, in, of freedom in this program is being free from all that, all the committees in my head, the guilt, the shame, um, and so that's what I wanted from the beginning. I wanted to be free. And I was reminded all the time by my sponsor that I agreed. I had to write it in the, the front of my book when I first, when I started, I am willing to go to any lengths to recover. So um, it, it's critical. It's a, they're all very important steps. <clears throat> they're all critical, but together, but together we we get we do get to the promises. And this is the huge part of the ego deflation. Huge. And it's necessary. Um, I didn't think so, but I found out it was. You know, I didn't think I had hurt anybody really. You know, everybody hurt me, but that wasn't true. That wasn't the truth. So so anyways, um, thank you again, Janet, for sharing all your experiences. I appreciate it. Pass. Thank you, Betty. And we will, we will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would the Zoom host please stop the recording? <laughs>